Why do we have satisfied needs? So guess what I did? I studied the top 20 motivational theories to write this book. Every motivational theory does the same thing. When I write a book, I take a concept, Josh, and I deconstruct that concept. And I deconstruct it down to its simple elements. Because that's what a good coach does. They take something complicated and they make it simple. So I took the top 20 motivational theories, I deconstruct those, and then I codify that concept. Codification is where I break it down, where I can share it and duplicate it with other people. Where it can be multiplied over and over and over. That's what I've done with this pre-drive concept. So I'm reading every motivational theory, and every motivational theory says the same things. We move toward things we want. When we're hungry, we move toward food. When we're thirsty, we move toward water. When we're lonely, we move toward people. What happens when we have everything we want? See, here's what happens. That actually suppresses your prey drive. See, we, we're good. We got a good house. We got a good car. We got a good family. We got a good life. So we become lazy. Another way to say it is complacent. Complacency is a gradual settling to a place of mediocrity. Anybody send their kids off to school in the morning, the last thing they say before they get in the car is say, look, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go gradually settle to a place of mediocrity. <laughs> Anybody tell their kids that? But how many adults do it every single day? Go back to the question I asked the mom and dad. Is your kids watching you reach your potential? Is your kids watching you dream? Are your kids watching you strive? Are your kids watching you push? Are your kids watching you go to the next level? Because the best thing I can do for my two kids is for them to say, my dad got up every day and went and got it, man. Every day my dad went out and got it. He never became complacent. See, as a basketball coach, I can win on Tuesday night, get lazy, get complacent, get beat on Friday night. Friday night never cared about Tuesday night. So at 31 years old, I retired from athletic coaching and I start coaching all these big companies. Companies were bringing me in to drive a billion dollars or two billion or three billion. They say, man, we're at two billion and we're trying to get to five billion. Here's the people. Take these people and make them better. And here's what I couldn't figure out. Nobody trained. Nobody had persistence. Nobody had intensity. And I come from an athletic world and I'm like, what are these people doing? They're not doing anything. And with just some coaching and some training, Brad says it like this, good content, role play, repetition, and testing. If we just added good content, if we just added training, if we just added role play, if we just added testing, how much better? We could take average people and make them a lot better, yes or no? With a good coach, people always perform at a higher level. So I'm watching these people, and then I start to say, what suppresses the prey drive? Well, good is the enemy of great here. I told my wife we're going to live an extraordinary life, but extra's got to come from somewhere. Now, why should you be interested in this? Why should you be interested in your potential? And I'm going to give you my best story for this. Many years ago, I was exposed to Maslow's hierarchy of needs somewhere in elementary school. I went to college for nine years to pursue three degrees. Not once did they ask me about my potential. Not once did they tell me how to activate my prey drive. Not once did they help me find my voice. Not one time. Almost 400 hours of college credit. Not one class on how to find this drive inside of me and take this drive and do something big. But if you study Maslow's hierarchy of needs, he basically says you can't self-actualize. And self-actualization is where you reach your deepest human potential. How many of you in your lifetime, how many people have you been around that you think have actually reached their deepest human potential? That you would say are totally self-actualized people? I bet in your lifetime it's been less than five people. Would you agree? Yeah. When you're around them, it's like, man, this dude is playing at such a freakish level, I can't even get my mind around it. 
I can't even get my mind around where this dude is playing. That is self-actualization. That means they are actualizing their deepest human potential in the body, in the mind, in the heart, and in the spirit. And what happens is it's easy to sell something when you're self-actualizing because so many people are attracted to what you're doing. You're a person of advancement. You, you give off the impression of increase. How many of you, by coming to Las Vegas and walking here, already th uh, thought bigger after the first day? Raise your hand. Does Bradley give off the impression of increase, yes or no? I remember when I first started building my coaching business, I was on a podcast one night, and I said, man, I was, I was kind of, you know, bragging, and I'm like, man, I'm doing a quarter of a million a month. Man, I'm doing a quarter of a million a month. I was so excited I was doing a quarter of a million a month, right, I'm in my coaching business. And Bradley called me afterward, and he said, bro, he's like, man, you got to quit saying that. He said, it's embarrassing. <laughs> he said, a dude like you with the talent you got ought to be doing 2.5 million a month. You shouldn't be talking about doing a quarter of a million a month. Now I'm trying to figure out how to do a quarter of a million in an hour. Is that possible? Yes or no? Yes. It is possible. When I was a high school basketball coach, I made 25 grand a year. How do you make 25 grand an hour? Because there are people doing it. Yes or no? Yes. There are people doing it. With the kind of scale and ability. Okay, I'm working on a coaching deal right now. 40,000 people. Even if we charge 97 bucks a person, what's the numbers that I'm doing now? How much? 3.6 million. Just did 97 dollars. 97 bucks for a year's worth of coaching for 40,000 people. 3.6 million. That's a good deal for them. It's a it's a win for them. It's a win for me. Would you agree? How do you train 40,000 people at one time with the light speed system? That's how you do it. Where they could be trained every single day. Now, what company wouldn't turn down? To get training for a year for 97 bucks. But that's generate. Go ahead, Brad. Dumb ones. <laughs> that's right. Not the smart ones, the dumb ones. And here's what I'm telling you. If I can do it, you can do it, folks. Because I was coaching 14-year-old kids and 15-year-old kids for a decade of my life. Until I started thinking bigger. So when you think about this suppression of prey drive, we should be interested in our potential. And let me tell you why. There's been two times in my life that I've been asked to speak at two funerals. And they called me and they said, look. We don't have anybody to speak at this funeral. They don't have a pastor. They don't have anybody who can really eulogize them appropriately. We know you speak for a living. We know you don't know these people, but would you mind giving the eulogy at their funeral? I said, no, I'll be happy to. But I got some questions I have to ask. I need a family member. I need a friend. I need a co-worker. They gave me the numbers of these people. I said, my job is to give them a proper eulogy. They lived on planet Earth for 84 years, and I'm going to stand up at the funeral and say something about them. But I got a question for you. Uh, what kind of dreams did they have? They said, well, they didn't have any dreams. What kind, how many people did they help on planet Earth? Well, they really didn't help a lot of people. What, what, what kind of big goals did they pursue? Well, they didn't really pursue any goals. And I kept hearing this over and over. They were just a good person do you know what it's like to stand up and give the eulogy at a funeral when you don't have anything to say except they lived 84 years and about 84 years they were just a good person less than 30 people showed up for the funeral and I stood up there and I literally had nothing to say and I told myself that day man I ain't living a life at the end of my life, every how many years the good Lord gives me, I want to do so many things in my life that they got to pick the top three. 
Yes or no? This dude wrote books, coached kids, helped millions of people, wrote, you know, created programs. But I don't want you to get up there. Now, this is where the intensity of the prey drive comes in. Because if you send something for me, it is an intensity. And the intensity is I have a long way to go and a short time to get there. I've got such big goals that I have no margin for messing around. I have no margin for drama. I have no margin for low energy. I have no margin for, for getting involved in other people's problems. I have no margin for you talking small. What I have margin for is to focus. So I used to, when I come in, I would put a number on my whiteboard, and, and it started at 18,000. And I would ask my team, what do you think this number means? What does the 18,000 mean? They say, is it a revenue number? They kept trying to guess, and I said, no. I said, if I live to be 84 years old, that's how many days I got left on planet Earth. And every day that number went down. And when you start thinking about life like that, folks, you watch that number go down every day. You start creating an intensity about you. You've got big goals. Some of you are not thinking big enough, just like I wasn't until I met Brad. I was still thinking small. Brad has helped me to expand my think, to say you're one of the most talented dudes in the world. You need to be doing more. You need to be thinking bigger. You need to be playing on bigger stages. You need to be in front of more people. You don't need more money, folks. You need more people. The people have the money. But they don't give you the money unless you solve a problem for them. Money changes hands when problems are solved. The bigger the problem, the more money people pay to solve that problem. So when I'm looking at the company that I've said, hey, 40,000 people, what's the biggest problem they have? Man, they got confidence problems. They got closing problems. They got conversion problems. They got follow-up problems. If I could follow, if I could solve that problem for your company at $97 a person and we generate $3.6 million by solving a simple problem, how much more money will they make? See, here's what I figured out. If I can help a company make $20 million more dollars or $30 million or $40 million or a billion more, they don't mind giving me a million of it. Would you agree?